Hey, I'm Donnie Spano and I welcome you to Faith for Today. Today we're looking at the power in our words, how God has given us creative power in these our words, whether to build up or to destroy. There's power in this in our words. And so we've been entitled this at His Direction called If You Say. And there are certain things that will either be built up or broken down based on what you and I say. If we say so, we can expect that. It is a reality in the principles of supernatural working and spiritual working. So let's look together in Mark 11, verses 22 through 24. And I encourage you, I, I'll tell you this, you can have what you say. If you believe it in your heart, thank you, Lord. If it is the will of God, you find this isn't just your idea, but it's actually in the Bible and it's throughout. Thank you, Father. When you and I are born again, our hearts are created after God. And we'll find more and more the things we will desire, the things we will ask for, will be in line with Him. And it's so important that we take that and bring it back to His words and find that they are stayed in that. We're renewing our minds to His Word. We're getting His Word in our heart. And then when we have His will and way in our heart and in our mind, we'll speak that and create that. And in that aspect, we can be confident we will have what we say. Now, there are others that don't know this, and they're saying, well, I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of that. And if we look at their lives, we'll see that. We'll see fruit of fear. I'm afraid I won't pay my bills, and they're behind month after month. I'm afraid my kids are going to get in with the wrong crowd, and they are. And we can see the fruit of words all around us if we will take the time to look and be honest. Here in Mark eleven twenty two, we find Jesus took time. He, he's hungry, comes across to a fig tree that he sees afar off. The scriptures say it was not the time of figs yet. And yet he looks upon this and he was expecting to get fruit from it. And he comes to it and there's no fruit. And he curses this fig tree. Now him and the disciples, they go off in the town. They do what they need to do. They go back to where they are staying. And the following day, they come back across it and Peter takes note of it. He said, Master, Master, the fig tree which you cursed, it withers from the roots. It is withered from the roots. And Jesus takes this time to say, have faith in God. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about trust God. Trust God. And so Jesus gives us a picture of what trusting God looks like. And we find here, he says this, he says, Verily, you could say truthfully, I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain. Now, I don't believe he's talking symbolically. He's talking about a literal mountain. If you'll say to this mountain, be removed, be you cast into the sea, and shall not, what, doubt in his heart. This has been a big problem for many. People will say, a mountain, move a mountain. Yeah, if you have absolutely no doubt about it, yes. That mountain, that physical, literal mountain will be removed. And now there are scientific workings. <laughs> 
if God puts it in your heart, that mountain's got to go. You need to build a church there, right? You need to do that work of God right where that mountain is. And He deals with you. And so you have it in your heart. And you're not doubting it at all. And you say, mountain, you got to go in Jesus' name. They'll have reports years and years later. They go, yeah, this is what we found out. There were uh, samples from that very core that showed this dynamic thing happened. And I know people didn't see it, but inside there was this phenomenon, uh, naturally, supernaturally, that took place. And that brick by brick, that mountain just clunked off and in years' time. It was gone faith but what does it come down to not doubting in our heart we have to know that what we're talking about we really believe this we believe God would have this we believe this is his will we believe it's his will for us we're not moved by it at all we're not wondering is it and going back and forth no we are sure we are certain we're not moved by it a moment. And when you and I are in that place, it's time to say. And if you and I will say, He's telling us here, we will have what we say. If we don't doubt in our heart, back to the verse, but shall believe that those things which what? Which God says, no. If we believe the things we say. This is why it's, it is imperative it is so important that we don't lie, that we refuse to lie completely. I'm, this happened to us, uh, you know, within months ago, maybe not even that long, that um, I was asked by somebody, do I play guitar? I had guitars in my office, and, and I've endeavored to, but it just, it hasn't been something that I've really been led to commit much time in the learning. Didn't grow up learning as a kid. And I, you know, I said, well, you know, I play a little, but I haven't played in some time. I went back to them. I said, you know what? I don't think I gave the right impression. I don't really play guitar much at all. I used to go through some regular chords to try and learn some more, but I really don't play. Why did I do that? I don't even want to come close to being a part of a lie. I either will not talk about something Hallelujah, or I tell you the truth. Because this is why it's so important. I need to believe what I'm saying. The enemy will try and bring a headache to me. He'll try and bring a heart condition to me. What do I need to do? I need to have it in my mind that Jesus took my infirmities. COVID symptoms, right? Try and come on. You need to know he, he, he bore my sicknesses. He took my infirmities. And by his stripes, I was healed. So you're looking at the healed of the Lord. I don't care how it looks right now. I don't care how I feel. I know what God has said. And I need to know that when I'm saying that to myself, to those that I need to, I need to know I'm not lying. I believe these words. We need to know this. It's why we don't tell lies to our children no matter how popular it is in our culture to talk about an Easter bunny to talk about other things trying to give them don't get me wrong teach them the dream teach them to see beyond what's natural teach them this 
but do not lie. It is so important because at the end of the day, you and I need to know our words matter. That we're not just saying. And Jesus continues in this. He says, if you don't doubt it, if you believe what you say you will have, we will have what we say. We shall have whatsoever we say. He goes on and says, therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, so we need to pray, we need to say. Believe, thank you, Father, that you receive them and you shall have them. So this is an aspect of touching on what is not seen. He said, when you come to a place where you need from God, in that case, he needed food, he cursed it, he, he, he took a hold of that. He didn't really pray to God about that. He spoke to it. And this is very important because the Spirit of God will lead us. Do we need to pray about this or do we need to speak to this? Jesus didn't pray about the fig tree. Right? Read it for yourself. He did not pray, God, what should I do about this fig tree? No. It was in his heart. Fig tree, you are gone. I command you to get out of this place. Don't mislead anybody else. No one else is going to come upon you wanting something to eat and be misled and be without. You are gone. And the next day, from the very inner workings of that plant, it was gone, eradicated, dead, because he spoke it. He didn't pray about that. He wasn't led by God to pray. We need to know, God, do I need to be speaking? What should I be saying about this? That is a wonderful prayer. Father, what should I be speaking about this? And it may not come right then, but He will show us what we need to speak, what we need to say. And so then He transitions and goes, what things soever you desire, what do you want? What do you want? Go to God. Ask of God, your Father. Believe that you receive. Receive what? What you're asking Him for. Which means you don't have it right now. You're actively asking, why would you ask God for something that you want? Because you don't have it. Because it's not in your possession. It looks like you're sick. It looks like there's disorder. You're asking Him for His healing. You believe you take it. When? When you still have that cough. When you're still short of breath. When you feel like you can barely move in the bed, let alone try and get up out of it. You believe you take it then when you don't see it, when you don't feel it, when to get up would mean you'd feel pins and needles all up and down your legs because you were completely paralyzed. This is when we need to take by faith. And this is what comes into what we say. If we're going to build up the way God has called us to build up in these days, we're gonna have to set aside everything we feel everything we might think about it and go, you know what, this is God's way. I don't care how I feel. I don't care 
what it looks like. I trust God. I trust God, and this is how it's going to be. Thank you, Lord. I am healed. And because I'm healed, you need me to get up out of this bed? Check in your heart. He goes, yes. Okay, I am getting out of this bed. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me up out of this bed. And you sit up this far. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me up out of this bed. You're coughing still. You feel like your lungs can barely take it. And you're going, oh, no, no. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me up out of this bed. And you sit up a little bit more. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me up out of this bed. You start turning to the side. Before you know it, your legs are on the side of the bed. Before you know it, you're inching yourself up. Before you know it, step by step, you're making your way to the restroom. Before you know it, you are the healed of the Lord. And there are certain aspects and promises of God that we will not have in our lives today if we don't take it this way. It's what we don't see. We need to lay a hold on it. We need to receive it, not then, now. Because it's supernatural. It's spiritual. You can't just touch it right here tangibly, but it doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean it's not in reach. It just means you got to lay hold on it with something other than your physical nature. you got to lay hold on it with your faith. This trust in the goodness of God, this trust that He's given it, this trust that I take it right now by faith. Hallelujah. And it will change what you think. It will change what's in your heart. It will change what you say. And this woman that had the issue of blood, the scriptures, the Bible tells us that she was saying to herself, if I just touch the hem of His garment... If I just touch, you know she was so tired. If I just touch the hem of his garment and she's pressing through a crowd, she's missing steps on her back. If I just touch, she's saying this to herself. If I just touch, if I just touch, if I just touch and blood is still leaking out. If I just touch, and she did, she did, and she was completely made whole what no doctor could do, what years upon years would not accomplish, God could do it because she would say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She touched it by faith before she left the house and she got what she said. And so will you. Yes, so will we. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We shall have what we say. Go with me in the scriptures. Let's go to Romans 4, verse 13. Romans 4. Thank you, Father. Romans 4. We're going to go uh, 13. I believe we're going to go up through 24. Thank you, Lord. And here we're touching on the promise of God to Abraham and how Abraham received this wonderful promise of God. It says here, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The only right way 
is the way of faith. It's not apart from the way of grace. It's not apart from the way of hope. It is completely inseparable from both. Um, faith is the substance. It's the, the composition of what is expected, what is hoped for. So you can't separate faith from hope. And there's no faith apart from the grace of God. It's by grace that through faith we come to receive. You cannot separate. You get them all. It's a wonderful composition that comes by love himself. And here, the right way you'll find is the way of faith. That is by grace. That is the substance of what you hope for. And um, it says here that he, yes, 14th verse, For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, none effect. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Do you see this? To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. The same spirit of faith. 17th verse. As it is written... I have made you a father of many nations. This is what he heard from God. This was not written for Abraham. Abraham got this by God, from God, by revelation. God revealed this to him. He heard it in his spirit. He knew it. God will do the same thing for you. He'll reveal to you. And he said, this is what was written, what he heard, God told him, I have, I have. Notice, he's telling Abraham, I need you to take now what I have done. I have made you a father of many nations, Abraham. That's why I'm going to change your name from Abram. You are now Abraham. He's thinking, I don't have any kids. At this point, he had, uh, he had one through the servant of his wife, Sarai. And Ishmael was not the one who was supposed to be the heir of many nations. They, um, they did the best they knew. It didn't go as far as God could do. And God said, no, your lineage will not be through Ishmael. No, I'll take care of him. I'll do well by him. But no, I have promised to you. And so God is reminding him. He changed his name. He said, you shall be the father of many nations out of your own. And through Sarah, through Sarah, yeah, changed her, through Sarah, shall your seed be. And he continued and said, this is giving us an idea of God's nature in the 17th verse. It says, before him, this is talking about God, whom he, talking about Abraham, believed. Even God, who quickens the dead. This means to call to life. Jesus was quickened brought up from the very depths of hell. You know when he took that cross, he went to hell for you? He was a preacher even in hell. Why can't you do it in prison? Yeah, yeah. He preached in hell, and God called him up, said, Jesus, come on up, son, and took us with him. And this is an, an aspect of God. He will look at a dead thing in life and say, come to life. He will look at what's not seen and call it to be fruitful. 
call it to show forth his life. He, he quickens the dead, and he calls those things which be not as though they were. So it would be a good practice for you to look in our lives and see what's not, only for the reason of speaking what shall be. To take by faith right now, if sickness is present, then healing is not. But God calls those things that be not as though they were. So in the midst of sickness, I will call myself healed. In the midst of poverty, I will call myself fully supplied by God. Can you see this? If you and I will not have the faith and trust and reliance upon God right now when we don't see it, to start getting this in our heart, in our mind, and in our mouth, then we will not experience it. We will not have it in reality. Because if we won't take it now when we don't see it, we won't lay hold by faith, which means God is limited by us. We will, His hand is not shortened, but you and I, we won't receive apart from faith. And if we don't trust it, it won't work for us. If we don't mix His words with faith, they will go void, inerrant, not working. And it continues here and says, Who against hope believed in hope, this is talking about Abraham, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, why was he not weak in faith? He considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not stagger at the promise of God through what? Through unbelief. Shifting from a place of trust will cause us to stumble and to stagger. And there's no way that you and I can take. You ever see? Thank you, Lord. We must be stable by faith. We must, which goes back to how we started. If we're not feeding our faith, there are times where we need to get those verses before our eyes. We need to listen to that. We need to hear it again. And again, and again, we need to hear that preached. We need to hear that in such a way that it gets in our mind, renews our mind, gets in our heart, where the enemy can't steal this word from us. That word is working in us. And then we start saying, Thank you, Lord. I am fully supplied. I am satisfied by you. Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I will not lack. We will not be behind on our bills. We will not be without in our pantry. We'll have a pantry. We will have more than enough. It must first, we must first renew our mind and get that in our heart before we can speak it with confidence like that. Which means don't be ashamed if you're not confident of it right now. Don't let the enemy shame you. Don't be discouraged. You and I can find those verses and we can get them inside us. And it is how we will find what is health to all of our flesh. It will become our reality. You'll look back and go, I thought I was poor just moments ago. Yeah, you poor no more. I thought I, I, thought I was so sick. Yeah, now you're helping someone else.
Now you're making hospital visits. Now you're going, hey, you can come out of this bed. This is not your last. You got work to be done. God is not done with you yet. Yeah, you were just in that bed two months ago. Not no mo. You out. You free. You are healed. Hallelujah. Because you had this faith from God to speak what's His. No matter what you see, no matter how you feel. And this is how Abraham was stable and strong. How he could give glory to God. How God could be glorified in him. Because when people saw him, they saw strong faith. They saw a man that trusted God no matter what it looked like. No matter how he felt. Hallelujah. And they saw it and they thought, God is. God is. They could sense it. When you and I enter into a faith like this, people can sense it. It is a tangible anointing and presence. And they can try and deny it for a time, but time will tell that God is present in those words. God is present in them and on their things. God's able to have His way because they have this way that they will speak what they hear from Him. Talking about us. Hallelujah. And so... He was not weak in faith. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, verse 20, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able, God was able also to perform. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He was fully persuaded. Thank you, Lord. Persuaded of what he didn't see and this is where the children of Israel God he's mentioned through the Bible he could not persuade them he would bring them time and time again where they'd be provided for and yet something would come up and they didn't see how they were gonna eat they didn't see how they were gonna live how they were gonna go on and they did not trust they started murmuring well can God provide for us here? Could God, we, we should have stayed in Egypt. At least we had this in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. They're thinking back about what they called the good old days. Those days weren't that good. And they are distrusting, unbelieving. And they're showing that they believe God does not love them. That God does not care. We need to watch this thing. Because God said, I could not persuade them to believe. And yet here Abraham was fully persuaded because he did not look at what was, was visible. He looked beyond. And I know we're, we're coming close on time, but he looked beyond what he saw. And it made him strong because he was looking at what he didn't see. And what he did not see was what became his reality. When he saw it by faith, what was not tangible naturally, he started touching and tapping into what was God's supernatural promise for his life. Let's go to... Uh, thank you, Father. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-9. through 9. <clears throat> just a few verse, just a few books over here. Second Corinthians four. Look at seven through nine. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And it says here, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now it's talking about them being in a troubled time. He said, We're troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed. You could think um, the Amplified Classic in perplex says, <clears throat> We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out. Perplexed, you could say, uh, it doesn't make sense. Perplex. Um, he said, we're perplexed, but, let me go back, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Um, let's go on to verse 13. We're just going to, for time's sake. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. This is how faith starts. Going back to where it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also what? We also believe and therefore speak. Go with me to verse numbers 16 through 18. For which cause we faint not. How is it that you are going to keep from being weak and falling out? Because you believe and you speak. This is how we will keep from fainting from failing, from quitting. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, always regenerated. We can always tap into what we need to keep going. And I know we're, we're wrapping up in these verses. And why is this? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. He's saying, though it's hard right now, I'm looking beyond this because I can see the exceeding glory of God for being in this and going through this and trusting Him and allowing Him to be glorified. We're going to see the day just soon approaching where God is glorified in this because I believe and I receive now, even if, I, even if it seems like I'm troubled, even if it seems like I'm perplexed, even if it seems like I'm pressed in, I know God is with me. I trust Him. I don't care how it feels. I don't care how it looks. I'm coming through. God be glorified in me. Hallelujah. While we do what? Next verse. Verse 18 in closing. While we look not, while we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. You could say temporary. They will come. They will go. That's what's seen. This, what is before us, it's not a good determining factor on what will be. This is coming and it will soon be gone. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They are everlasting. They are forever. So when you and I get before us what's not seen, what is God, what is His words, we're getting before us what are forever. You and I can get them in our mind, get them in our heart, get them in our mouth, and change our lives. And when we do, everybody that's connected to us will be changed for it too. Hallelujah. Well, we will uh, unhook here for the time being. We love you. We bless you all. We will see you soon.